Isn't it funny that in the season that's supposed to represent peace, it's the most hectic, the most stressful, the times when we feel most burdened, that we feel like we're in the dark in a dark place. In a season that's supposed to bring light, here we are, many of us suffering with depression because of things going on in the world around us, and maybe even in our personal life, and we're like, God, I thought this was supposed to be peace. Because I remember growing up as a kid, Christmas was my favorite holiday, not so much anymore, just to be honest with you. That's why we had one Christmas graphic up there. Because it almost doesn't feel the same as it did when, and it's probably because I'm an adult now and there's the whole majestic, whatever word I'm looking for, majestic, I'm thinking of like a unicorn riding through the air or something, I don't know. Pretty majestic. With, with Bobby O riding it with the wind flowing in the air. Even once again, I want to see that. Like when it's, as a kid, it's like this. Seems like it's, it it seems, almost seems like everything is happy, like everything's in place, like it's supposed to be. But when you get to adult, you realize just how screwed up you are and the world is, right? But we're in a season that's supposed to be a symbol of peace, but it's the most unpeaceful time of the year. And I wonder if the reason it is for us, and it is for me, maybe maybe the reason that I don't really like Christmas very much is because... I and you misunderstand our lives in the in-between. We misunderstand our lives in the in-between. Like, Derek, you're sounding like, you know, what's that show with the, under, with the underworld? What's that? Stranger Things. Yeah, you feel like you're talking from the Stranger Things, Derek. You're like, in the in-between, like, what are you talking about? Well, let me, uh, let me uh, read this quote to you to help us set up for today. Um, by a pastor in Denver, his name is Glenn Packham, and maybe this will help, help, help us understand a little bit of this limbo that we find ourselves in, especially in seasons like this. He says, we stand between two proclamations, God has come and come Lord Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and I will return. We stand between two proclamations, God has come and, and come Lord Jesus. The first grounds our confidence that the second will be answered. That's faithfulness. If God is faithful to do it the first time, if he says he'll do it again, he will do it again based off of what he said in the past and done in the past. The first grounds our confidence that the second will be answered. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus shape our hope in the return, reign, and renewal to come. Like, that's where we find ourselves. I think that's why when we, we, we're in seasons that we're in is that we can't real find real peace because we know that God's faithfulness was here and he came, but we have this promise that he's coming again to make everything right again, but we're stuck right here in the middle of hell. You with me? This is where you and I live between these two proclamations that God has put on flesh and dwelt among us and because he stayed true to the, his promise the first time, our hope is in the fact that his second advent, his second coming is all true, which means regardless of what is going on in the world around us, regardless of what's going on in the world around us, and I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of hell going on. I'm not just talking about the world, I'm talking about in our lives. 
All of us in this room are going through things that leave us in a dark place. Family members in the hospital. Family members sick. Losing jobs. We find ourselves in a dark place. Maybe even like Justin, Justin was talking about last week, your six-word story. Maybe your six-word story, that the enemy has flipped and it leaves you in a dark place. Maybe instead of a Maybe instead of your story being a story of redemption and grace from God, it's turned into a prison for you. But here's the thing that we've got to know. The coming of Christ gives us the opportunity to let peace be established in our hearts. The coming of Christ gives us the opportunity to let peace be established in our hearts. And I'm not talking about the birth. I'm talking about his second coming. Is y- y'all do know that Christmas is just a shadow. Now, just, I'm going to go over here real quick. So, you know at Christmas, yeah, we say we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, but that's really not, we're not celebrating the birth of Jesus this week. We're celebrating the fact that he was faithful to come the first time, and we're waiting for that second advent. That's the whole reason we started celebrating the birth, was celebrating God's faithfulness. But the coming of Christ gives us the opportunity to let peace rule over our lives instead of darkness. And notice I said opportunity. Because peace is a choice. You might know that person that um, always seems to seek out the darkness or seek out the depressing things. If you don't know, it's probably you. Okay? Just so you know. You have the opportunity because peace is a choice. And it's made a choice because of Christ coming and Christ alone's coming. See, you don't always get to choose your darkness. You don't always get to choose your darkness. But you can choose your story and what you choose to live. So Christmas isn't necessarily just about celebrating the birth of our Redeemer, but about celebrating the fact that if he came once, he will come again. Christmas is a shadow of what is to come. So this morning, if you're here, or if you listen to this later, at a later time, my hope is that you find peace this morning. You're in a place where it's hard to come, it's hard to come by. It's a dark place. You feel like your life is constantly kept in the dark with no peace. My hope for you this morning is that you find peace here. hope you find light here this morning. My hope is that you find Christ here this morning. Because it's our friend Isaiah. Our friend Isaiah who said about our coming Redeemer in Isaiah 9-2, he said this. He said, those who walked in darkness have seen a radiant light. A radiant light shining upon them. They once lived in the shadows of death, but now a glorious light has dawned. Right now, God, God is shining his light into your darkness. Light often is a reference to peace, the reference to redemption. Why? Because Christ entered into history and proclaimed over me and you and John. He said this in John. He said, I am the light of the world. And those who embrace me will experience life-giving light. And they will never walk 
in darkness. If you're in Christ today, you don't have to walk in the darkness that you're walking into. You can walk in peace. You can walk in light. But that's your choice. It's your choice. So my hope this morning is not to have you walk out of here with some sort of fake assurance, fake peace, fake outlook, but for you to really experience true lasting peace that can only be found in our King that was, that has come and that is coming. So to help you do that, we're going to go to Isaiah 61. I'm going to Old Testament today for a little while. Is that okay? Verse 1. The mighty spirit of Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me. Wouldn't you like to have that to be part of your story? Like I am, just until the story about the 80-year-old woman that wore the perfume this morning in our, uh, in our meeting, like when you walk places, like people know that you, where you've been. The mighty spirit of Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the broken hearted. This is a prophecy about our Messiah, our Redeemer who has come and is coming. Are you, are you here this morning and you, you may feel poor in spirit, lowly depre- or depressed? Well, the good news of the gospel is that Christ draws near to the poor. That was his whole point in coming was for him to draw near. Psalms 34, the psalmist said this, he said, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. I don't know how you've walked in here this morning or how you're listening to this later. You may be brokenhearted, depressed, thinking, God, if you're out there, why am I going through this? Like, can you, can you even hear me right now? I've been praying this prayer for days, like, God, can you heal? God, can you, can you restore? God, can you bring them back? Hey, God, can you, can you, can you? And it, you, you just seem like you're not answering me. And here's Isaiah, and here's the psalmist saying, the Lord draws near to the brokenhearted. Are you brokenhearted this morning? If you are brokenhearted for something, know that Jesus is right beside you. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And saves the crushed in spirit. It saves the crushed in spirit. Here's the good news around the fact that Christ has come and is coming. It's this. There is no shortage in heaven of what, what you're hurting for on earth. There is no shortage in heaven of what you're hurting for on earth. God has nothing for me. God, God, can't, God can't do this. No, 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 no. Isaiah 59.1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, and it, that it cannot save, or ears dull that it cannot hear. He doesn't have T-Rex arms. He's not over here going, oh, Man, if I could just get to you. No, 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 no. He's right beside you, and he's saying, I have you. I got you. Listen, it's okay to be brokenhearted. Depression really isn't a a bad place to be in in regards to your relationship with Jesus. In fact, it shows that God is near. But you, we got to live life not in the darkness, but <coughs> knowing that light has come. <coughs> Go back to Isaiah 61.1. The mighty spirit of the Lord, Yahweh, is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. 
He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell captives. Maybe many of you, you feel, you feel captive. You feel, like, you feel like you're a slave. You feel like you're a prisoner in your own life, in your own darkness. And I want you to hear Jesus this morning saying, you are free. You're free from addiction. You're free from that pain. You're free from that abusive relationship. You're free from that evil thought that Satan's put in your mind. You're free. And tell the prisoners, be free from your darkness. Many of us in this room are keeping ourselves bound to our past, bound to our failures and fears, which is leaving us brokenhearted, chained to darkness. But Paul tells us, Paul, he's become one of my favorite people, by the way. He, most of the books that he wrote, letters that he wrote, came from a place where he was in bondage. You with me? Like almost every letter we read that he's written to the church is like, I'm in jail again. Philippians, that we're going to study starting January 9th. I'm pause right here. You, may, you know those numbers that we wrote down? Y'all want to know what they mean? Come January 2nd. Um, that's why I moved it to January 9th, okay? I think I got it. I think I, I, think I got it. I love Paul because like even Philippians, he's writing it from a, a Philippians, a book about joy. He's writing why he's in prison. Paul, are you, you must be insane. But listen to, what, listen to what Paul says in regards, in regards to this. Because I know some of us in this room, I know some of us in this room, we, we feel like, well, you know, God, God's not answering my prayers. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this going on? Why is this darkness in my life? Why are, why are they going through this? Why, can't, why, why ain't God doing what I think he should do in this? Like, we all have those kind of situations, don't we? And we, what ends up happening, and we're going to notice over the next little bit with this verse and some, another verse, here, another passage we're going to look at is that God hears us, and he, like, he's, like, listen, God's a big enough God that we can question him. You with me? Like, he can handle your questions. He's done it for, since, like, thousands of years, okay? He has big boy britches on. But I want you to hear through Paul, what God says that you're like you feel bound up right now because of life circumstances going on around you. Listen to what He says. Paul says, "Let me be clear." Your parents ever told you that? Like if you if my dad looked at me and said, "Let me be clear." Listen, I'm gonna pay attention because I ain't gonna get that booty whooping. You with me? Let me be clear. The Anointed One has set us free. Okay, okay. Joe got it, I think. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Then why are you keeping yourself bound? Honestly. You are free. Unwrap the chains around you and go. But Derek, there's still this going on in my life. You're right. And Jesus still carried the cross to Calvary. You with me? Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free. Not Partially, well, I still have. I feel like I still have this thorn in my side. No, no, no. Has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. That means we can take steps even in darkness because we see the light. 
here's what Paul goes on to say. He says in Galatians 5 1, he goes on to say, We must always cherish. I think we lost the essence of that word a little bit. Because we love our tacos. We love our chihuahuas. We love our TV programs. Now, when we love something, we cherish it. Do you love your freedom? Do you? Because if you loved it, you would live in it. You with me? Now, we can talk about freedom all day long. I mean, we live in America, for God's sakes. I think sometimes, us living in America, we forgot what it's like to cherish freedom because we think it's waving flags and shooting guns. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I don't want to get no emails. You're unpatriotic, you hate America? No, 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 no. No, I love America. What I'm saying is, We've thrown cherish and the word love around so much that we forgot what it actually means to grab a hold of something, to hold on tight to something. We must always cherish this truth. And I love this next line. And stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Stubbornly. No. Oh, man, I ain't going. You you ain't going to drag me there. You know what I'm saying? Makes me think of my grandfather. Stubborn mule, you know what I'm saying? His way or the highway. We must stubbornly refuse to go back. I'm not going back there. But what do we do? Since we throw around the word love and cherish and all that stuff, we, we keep that little chain right there in our hand just in case. Because let's be honest, some of us, we've gotten comfortable in the dark. We've gotten comfortable in the dark, way too comfortable. And you're allowing the enemy to win. Like, you're completely and totally free, but you're putting the shackles right back on you. And all you have to do is take them right back off. It's ridiculous. It's, it's about walking in faith. It's about walking in faith. Like, I don't, I don't feel free sometimes, but I'm going to trust God when he says that I am free to walk in it. Because all faith is, you know what faith is? Faith is just believing that what God says is true. He goes a little step further. Because some of this is a side note. Because some of us, it's, we, we're like, Derek, I'm just having a hard time living by faith. Well, you know that faith is like the basic standard to even be a believer. You with me? Like it's like, like it's down here. Like that's, I guess below minimum. You with me? Minimum qualifications of following Jesus is you've got to have. So if you're saying, well, Derek, I just don't know if I have faith for that. You might want to go back and check your heart. And this is coming from a place of love. Um, not, I'm not, it's not, don't hear me saying, you're not really a Christian because you know, like, I'm not trying to harp on you, but if you don't have basic, like the basic level of being a believer, you might want to check your soul for your eternal security. That's, that's, a, that's a whole other message. Okay? Like, there, just go on. This is Christmas. Get to something. I'm trying. 
Here's what these, all these verses tell us so far. Okay? And I got way sidetracked. And it's okay. Christ is committed to your freedoms. Christ is committed to your freedoms. Not partially. Completely. How? How so, Derek? I just don't... What, what about my family members that are sick? If you really want me to be free, why would he put this on me? What about, what about things going on out here in the world? Well, how about the fact if the only thing he ever did was left heaven, bared insults, ridicule, and shame, betrayed, knowing that he would be headed to death on a cross so that you could have life in the fullness, and you're choosing to stay. Like, if that's all he did, that would be good enough. But it does, that's not all he's done. The fact is, the cross sets us free from the penalty of sin. And the return will set us free from the effects of sin. So his first coming, him first coming into the world, little baby in a manger, five pounds, six ounce baby Jesus. Sorry, Tyler, thinking that's coming out of me. How about the other one? Never mind. Coming into the world, being born of a virgin, bearing the insults and the shame, the ridicule all of his life. Going to the cross and resurrecting, going to heaven, all that, the cross, all that sets us free from the penalty of sin. Okay, I'm not going to hell now. But there's still this in my life there's still this sin in the world. There's still sin in my flesh, right, that, I'm, that I suffer with. Like, listen, I, don't, I know I look good, but one day this is going to look bad. Thought I'd get more laughs than that. Like, I know, preacher jokes. Like, like I, 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 know, I know that one day, and it's, there's a part of me that's still a little scary, that one day we'll die because of the effects of sin in my life. You with me? But I know that if Jesus was to return today or when I stand in front of him, it will set me free from the effects of that sin. That's why, like, I never understood people who would, who would say, well, I want Jesus to come back real quick, but wait till I get married and have a couple kids. No, 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 no. Come, Lord Jesus, so I can get rid of this. That pain you feel, the sickness, the, 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 the day. Like, yeah, I want to get rid of all of it. The cross sets us free from the penalty of sin, and the return will set us free from the effects of sin. That's why Paul, my bro, would go on to say in Romans 8, 20, he would say, For against, against its will, the universe itself has had endured the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. But now with, great, with eager expectation, all creation longs for the freedom of, from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. So it's even bad that nature is crying out, Lord Jesus, come. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if it were in the contractions of labor for childbirth. Never experienced that, but I've heard it's real bad. Again, nobody laughed. And it's, and it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits. I thought this was this Paul going crazy, but now he's birth of Christ. First fruits. 
those who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit, also inwardly groan as we patiently long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. That's why we, if you ever hear me preach at a funeral, especially a gravesite, I stand there and go, listen, I'm not sad. I'm actually kind of jealous. These people are standing face to face with Jesus if they're believers. Like nature's crying out, Lord Jesus, come. We've experienced the first fruits of his birth, death, and resurrection. And we're longing for the rest. We're longing for the rest. We've got to keep on ticking, y'all. For, for this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. Still unseen. Isaiah 61 2. I am sent to announce a new season. Anybody ready for a new season? I'm like, I'm tired of all this junk. Come, Lord Jesus. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies. That means he's about to throw down some wrath, y'all. Recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow. I don't know how many of you are in sorrow, but not only is he going to punish the darkness that's around you, he's also going to comfort you in the midst of that. I love, I love, I love verse 2. That since our Redeemer came and died through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus, a time of recompense has come to conquer sin that you can do, because the Bible says you can defeat sin. Sickness, what do you mean, Dick? Yes, sickness can be defeated. Satan can be defeated. Death can be defeated. Demonic power can be defeated. And injustice can be defeated. What are you talking about, Derek? What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to read you this passage in the, twice, but in two different versions. I'm going to be this one's like the reserved version that I'm about to read first. Okay, Paul wrote to us again, Paul, my boy. Colossians in 2.14, he says, He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. That's our sin being defeated, like it's already defeated, so quit sinning. You know, Derek, that's harder than it looks. You're right. Because we're going to sin every day. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. Because of what he did on the cross, we can live at, in peace right now because the devil has no authority over us. Zero. Zilch. If I knew what I, how to say it in Spanish, I would say it in Spanish. Nada. The enemy is disarmed. He has nothing. Like, like those, those, that past that he can't keep, keeps throwing back at you, that's drawing you back into darkness instead of living in peace, guess what? <coughs> that's blank bullets. You're letting blank bullets kill you? In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. I love the way the Passion Translation writes this. It's like, you'll see. You're, feel free to use it. He canceled out 
every legal violation we have on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our state soul, he deleted it all and they cannot be retrieved. AKA, those bullets the enemy keeps firing at you are fake stories, fake news. Fake news. I, I thought you used a good Trump thing. I just can't do it. My bad. Erase, rewind it. It's fake news. It's not even real about you anymore. You're letting fake news get to you. Like the rest of the world. Saying. Everything we once were in ad. How, how much? Permanently. There. Nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. As you walk by that cross, see your sin up there. See your old self up there and go, it's canceled. You want to talk about cancel culture? Let's be a new kind of cancel culture. Let's cancel. Let's, you with me? I'm saying. Listen to verse 15. Though. I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from, from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner, and their, they were his. Woo! That makes me want to do the Holy Ghost dance. That's why Justin said last week, what is your six-word story? So I'm kind of glad I was sick last week. Because your six-word story is either going to lead you to peace or lead you into depression, depending on how you look at it. Are you going to let it lead you around as a prisoner, or are you going to lead it around like it's your prisoner? You come with me. You go where I go. Christ stands between and has punished the world of darkness that surrounds you. Even the darkness you're keeping to yourself, changing, keep yourself changing. Why? He wants you to know this morning, you have victory over the darkness in your life because Christ has already defeated it. He is the God of unconditional victory. That means there is no condition on your freedom if you're in Christ. That doesn't doesn't mean you have to do this, this, and that to be in the right standing of God. No, no. Jesus is in the right standing of God, and that light is in you. So when God the Father sees you, he sees his Son. So quit saying, well, I've got to clean myself up. No, 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 no. You can't. The whole point of the Bible. He is the God of unconditional victory. We've got to keep going. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace, a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow. Remember this. Let's go back just in case we forgot. This is Isaiah prophesying about God who has come and our God that we're waiting for. We're in that in-between. I'm sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace, a time of God's recompense on his enemies, to cover all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those cursed by despair, 
who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful bouquet in a place of ashes, the oil of the, of the bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh as living display, the living display of His glory. Living display of His glory. At the time of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every darkness that is in your life has to flee. He trades beauty for ashes, joy for tears, praise for sadness. Because he is the light of the world. And where there is light, the darkness has to flee. Sometimes I come into this building at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Dark. I mean, it's dark. There's no windows in here. So even the street lights don't get in here. It's dark. But as soon as I flip that switch, darkness flees. If you have the light in you, quit hiding it under a bushel note. Because you're allowing darkness and let that light shine. Let peace reign in your life. Friend Luke the word from heaven. Not here long enough what is word? Jesus. John 1 1. The word became flesh and dwelt among man. The word from heaven will come to us with dazzling light and shine upon those who live in darkness near death's dark shadow. So I don't know how you walked in here this morning. Maybe you're hungry for something. Maybe you're maybe maybe you're like, I, this is my last ditch effort. So like, God, I'm gonna give you one more chance. He says, chance. He says, listen, he says, I've been with you this whole time. I'm actually giving you a chance to be free from that darkness that you keep carrying around. You're letting your story, you're letting what's going on around you make you a prisoner instead of making it your prisoner. Instead of grabbing it by the chain and dragging it around. And I'm your daddy. You're not mine. You're my slave. You're my prisoner. So I don't know how you walked in here this morning. Maybe you're like, Derek, I don't know if I still have much peace after this. Okay. Here's my thing. Go home. Pray. God, what is that darkness that's keeping me from seeing the light? Just start walking in freedom. Instead of looking for freedom, because you're already free if you're a believer, just start walking in it. Start saying things you've never said before. You're like, Derek, what do you mean? Start, start saying things like, start saying this, you ready? Start saying this. Sickness, you've got to flee. Just keep walking. Start saying stuff. I believe in healing. Just keep walking. I believe there's going to be a cure. 
Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Listen, I love each and every one of you, but I'm tired of us living in darkness. I'm tired of us not having even the faith, basic faith to believe for something greater. But the light has come, and it's coming. God has come, and come Lord Jesus. We're in the in-between. How we live with peace, we walk in freedom. I pray all this in your name. Great. God, I want to thank you so much for giving us freedom. God, I want to thank you so much for giving us life. And God, I don't know who in this room is searching for answers. God, I'm not even praying that you answer them. I'm praying that you give them peace. Peace in the darkness. healing God I pray for healing where there needs to be where there needs to be grace I pray for grace where there need where there needs to be where there needs to be tender love I pray for tender love where there needs to be a hug I pray that, that they get their hug whatever they need God I pray that that strength walk with them allow them to walk with you I pray all this in your name amen